Verse number 8 of Romans chapter 13 says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. Now, I could preach an hour there for all Christians just to love one another. I, I know some people that says, I don't want to go to church because those people just don't love me. They don't care about me. The Bible says, love one another. For he loved, loveth not have fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. If there be any commandment, it is uh, briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor, neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And that knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep. Underline that. I've preached on that before. Wake out of the sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of the light. Let us walk honestly in the day not in rioting or drunkenness, nor in chamberlain or wantonness, not in strife or envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. Lord, we just ask you to open our hearts and minds. Lord, the words that may penetrate our lives, Lord, to be so real to us that we wake up and see what you have for us. We'll praise you and we'll glorify you. Empty yourself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Look back at verse number 11. Knowing the time that now is half time to wake out of a sleep. Preaching on the night on quit sleeping on the job. Quit sleeping on the job. It's time to wake up. We can come to church and have uh, some good preaching, some good singing, uh, and praise the Lord and have some hallelujahs shouting on how wicked uh, uh, the, our nation is, how wicked our government is, how wicked it is across our nation, how, how it's full of sin in this, but uh, we can sit in church, praise God, and say a bunch of heathens living out in this world, but we ought to do this, take the word, the mirror of God's word, and, and let it look at you, reflect the things that's wrong, and, and give you biblical truth that the problem is not across this country, the problem is not our government, but the problem is sitting in the pews in our churches across this land tonight. When the Apostle Paul saying, knowing the time is time to wake up. Listen, I've never knew anybody that had to wake up that first wasn't asleep. Now he's talking to Christian people here. Paul said it's time to wake up because you are sleeping. We see the reality and need in loving our neighbors in the context of this text. Paul said in verse 8, Love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. In verse 9, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 10, he said, love worketh no ill. Love is the fulfillment of the law. In the context of the scripture here, Paul is encouraging saints here at Rome 
saying it's time to wake up because there are your neighbors out there that need to hear the gospel. They're spreading the gospel that needs to know the love of Christ, what God has done for you. You need to share it with them. Paul said it's time for you to wake up. He said love worketh no ill. It is time to love our neighbors. It is time to owe no man anything. In the midst of all that, it is time to wake up. So I wonder why he would say to the saints, wake up in the context of loving one another. He gives us a few thoughts as we go down through the verses. What he said, we see the true end of times are near, he said. In verse 11, for now that our salvation is nearer than when we believed. How many of you would say we are closer to the end of times than when Paul wrote this? Amen. How many would agree with me we're closer to the end times than we were last Wednesday night when we sit here in the church? We're one heartbeat, one breath beat away from the end times being here. We said, hey, the end times are coming. They're closer than they've ever been before. We are closer to the return of Christ than we have ever been before. And it's time for you to get out of that sleep. Quit sleeping on the job and start telling people about Jesus. But he reminds us that not in the context of the scripture right here. He is saying, shout the glory down because Jesus is coming back. But he's saying, wake up, it's time to get out of that sleep that we've been. Why? Because Jesus is coming back. It's time for us to get, get ourselves spiritually awakened because he is coming back and he's closer than we'd ever thought before. Just look around and the things that's going on in this world. You'd have to agree with me tonight that it just looks real bad. It's not looking real good for anything out there. It's coming a time that when the book of Revelation has become a reality to those that are here, amen. All those things that are recorded there in the book of Revelations is going to happen. I can't change it. You can't change it. It is the Lord Jesus Christ coming back to get His church. And we're going to see the Savior face to face. But until then, we're, we, we got ourselves caught in this uh, 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 complacency of just waiting for him to come back. But he says, until I come back, get out of your sleep. Quit sleeping on the job. There are some things that you must do. We are to tell the people of this world what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary for them. That he suffered and bled and died for them. He loved them that much. We ought to tell people that. But we're asleep on the job. We're just trying to coast in. We're trying to endure to the end. Trying to just hold on ourselves. But it's high time to wake out of that sleep. Get our heads out of the sand. And say God what do you have us to do? Because the end times are coming. The end times are coming. 
I, I believe we ought to be doing more than what we are doing. We ought to be doing more than what we ever thought about. I, I believe the church ought to be looking for every avenue that it possibly can to present the gospel to the lost and dying world. And I'm not talking just about this church here or you. I'm talking about all of God's people, all of God's churches need to look for every avenue that they can find to present the gospel to the lost and dying world. Because He is coming back. You just think about this. They, they, all, they don't, Rome here, they didn't have the technology that we have. They didn't have Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, whatever that stuff is. They didn't have all that, but yet all they did was present the gospel of Jesus Christ and it turned the world upside down in Rome. And here we sit, we got every avenue possible to present the gospel, but what are we doing? We're sleeping on the job. We're watching people slide by. We're watching people drift off into hell. Because why? Because we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ. They had the same indwelling of the Holy Spirit that we have. Nothing different. God is God. God has not changed. But they were on fire for a reason. They knew he was coming back. But I believe we have fallen asleep on the job. Amen. And, and if we've fallen asleep, we ought to say, hey, something's got to change. How, how many of you, I don't know about you, I know I did not do this, but I know my wife did this. How many of you mothers had laid your child down at night and, and you sung them some kind of little lullaby to get them to go to sleep? Amen. Amen. What do you call that? Uh, rock the cradle in a treetop and then it fell. That, that right there ought to scare children to death. That's why they didn't want to sleep. I'm going to be in the cradle. I'm going to be rocking. I'm going to fall out of the street. No. They, they, they sung those songs. They turn on the music kind of just to allow them to sleep, to get them to calm down so they can see, uh, feel that relaxation so they can fall off to sleep. Can I tell you that's exactly what the devil has done to the people of God. He's gotten in their ear and he's whispering some little lullaby in their ear that we just start to drift off and we don't got sleep because the devil said, hey, I can get you to sleep and you will not do the job that God wants you to do. I wonder if it's the possessions of this world that's done got you lullabied. Or, or the comfortable lifestyle that we live in this day. We've gotten to the point that America, we don't even need God anymore. We rejected God. And it's gotten to the point in the churches where there's no more God needed in the churches and there's no power of the Spirit in the church. We just said, God, we don't need you. Churches doesn't need God anymore. In our Bible preaching churches today, the Spirit of God is dwindling. 
If Christ came back to most of the churches today and, and took his church out, most of the churches today would carry on business as usual. There would be no change. There's no power of the authority of God in the church. Can, can I say this? Not only one in the world, it's, it's creeping into our churches that we just don't need God anymore. But not only in our churches and not only in the world, but it's starting to creep into the families in the world today. Family after family, there's no power of God in their lives or in their family. That's why we see families torn apart because there's no presence of God in their life. The devil has control over them. Not just the world and not just the churches, not just the family, but I'm, I'm sorry to say, but the preachers across the nation. Listen, it's easy to get up and preach a sugar stick message, make everybody feel good. Preachers are preaching the, the same message over and over and over, and you're lullabying them to sleep in the congregation because they've heard it before over and over and over. I, I talked to an evangelist one time. He said, you give me seven messages I can preach for an entire year off of seven messages. I felt sorry for his family that traveled with him because they had to hear the seven messages over, over, and over again. We, we need new things in the pulpit. We need new messages in the pulpit. Uh, we, uh, if it's one worthwhile preaching again, then preach it if God's laid out on your heart. But don't preach the same thing over and over and over and over. And that's what we have in our churches today. Everybody's feeling good. Everybody's happy. Everybody's got to be the head. Everybody, no, God said, hey, wake up. Can I say the end times are on the way? The Lord Jesus Christ is closer today than he was yesterday. Can I ask you this question? What accomplishments have you made for Jesus Christ this year? We're three months into it. Spring just sprung. What have you accomplished for Jesus Christ this year already? We're asleep. I, I, don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love our church. I love what we're doing. But sometimes we get caught up in doing the same things every week. Every week. We don't need a program because it's already programmed. 10 o'clock, Sunday school. 11 o'clock, service. The bus comes in. We know it's time to Sunday school because the bus comes in. Beep, beep. Back down. Sunday school time. We get programmed on this. Let me just say, we need a shake up in our lives to wake up us out of that sleep and quit sleeping on the job. Get something done and just do something for the glory of God. Wake up out of the sleep that we've gotten into. Knock on doors, hand out tracts, witness, tell everybody that you come in contact with that Jesus died for them on the cross of Calvary and shed his blood. Why? Because he loved you. We don't tell them no more. We don't tell people no more. It's gotten so easy. The true end times are coming. The night is far spent. 
The day is at hand. Let us therefore work. Cast off, it said, cast off the, work, the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. You say, why should I not sleep on the job? Why, why should I be so involved? Why, why should I be awake? I, I'm just coasting in, hanging on. Can I encourage you to do this, to do it? Because the tragedy of sin that is bound around us. There's not a family here that don't have sin in their family. There's not a family here that doesn't have someone that's lost and undone, dying and going to hell and needs the reality to know that Jesus Christ is coming back and they need to prepare themselves and get ready for him. He said, what is the tragedy of sin? He said, therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let me ask you this. Who was Paul writing this to when he said cast off the works of darkness? Who, who is Paul talking to in, in verse 12? Paul said, let us, let us. He didn't say go to the government and tell them to cast off the work of darkness. He didn't say go to uh, uh, your family members to cast off the works of darkness. He didn't say go to your brother and cast off your work of darkness. But he said, let us. And Paul was including himself in that let us. Let us cast off the works of darkness in our life. You understand we're looking in the mirror and Paul is including himself in this statement. Paul was saying, saints at Rome, let us cast off the works of darkness in our lives. It's like when you wake up in the morning, what do you first do? I mean, I'll go to sleep tonight sometimes. I get up and I'm doing like this. You're trying to get that sleep out of your eyes so you can see clearly. And that's what Paul is basically saying to the saints at Rome. You need to wipe your eyes and wake up and that you may see clearly. And stop sleeping because you still sleep. It is high time spiritually. We as God's people... To cast off the works of darkness. And that can, that can be anything in your life. You sit here, well, I'm a child of God. I'm on my way to heaven. I, 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 I'm, we, we, we think about the works of darkness. We think about adultery, drunkenness, or sin, or uh, all these things. But there's also the sin of uh, bitterness. There's also a sin of unforgiveness. That we hide in our hearts that nobody can see. And it, it eats us up, and that's what he's talking about. Hey, it's not that you're drunk, it's not that you're a whoremonger, it's not that you're drunk in the roads, but there's some things inside of your life that you need to get right with God, because if you don't, God cannot use a dirty vessel. Amen. And if you've got something in your life, and Paul is saying, cast it out, you need to get rid of it. Whatever it may be. And I know sometimes it hurts. It's like cutting something else. It hurts, but let me tell you what, you'll be better off when you get cut out than you are letting it grow inside of you. 
Bitterness is one of the worst sins that a Christian can have because it takes root and yes, You can be bitter at me. You can go home and talk about me all you want to. I can't stand that man. He just stopped down on my toes. I don't like him. You can get bitter at me, but let me tell you what. It might be in you right now, but it will spread to those that are around you. And next thing you know, your whole entire family's bitter. I found that out because a lot of families left. <laughs> they get bitter and they go. But I, I, I'd rather they get them to get the bitterness out of their lives and get right with God and move on with God than sit around and wallow in bitterness day in, day out for the rest of their life because Christ died for them and He's coming back. Wake up. Quit sleeping on the job. We say, God, we, we want you to do something in our church. God, we want you to do something in our families. But God is saying, hey, clean yourself up first before I do anything in the church, before I do anything in your family. You must get your life right. This just came to me. <clears throat> if somebody came to the altar and needed some people to pray with, how can you come and pray with them when you ain't got right in your life? Yeah, that's good. Well, we're going to close in service, so and so. Will you close this in prayer? Wait a minute, give me about 30 minutes so I can get right with God before I pray. That's the way we are. We, we're not confessing our sins. We're not getting our life right. We're not doing the things we're supposed to do. We're waiting until we get caught. Being called on. Oh, wait a minute. Let me, let me get right before I, so I, before I come up and pray. There, there's somebody that needs prayer. It's at the altar, but Lord, I can't pray for them until I get right myself. See, the problem is you need to come to the church Every day ready. You need to walk out the church every day ready. Every day you get up, you need to prepare yourself and be ready. Lord, if there's anything inside of me, need to get rid of it because there's going to be somebody that's going to be placed in front of my life that I need to pray for or witness to, and I cannot wait till I get myself clean to do it. Mm. Thank you, Lord. But that's where we're at in our church society today. Well, I ain't going to ask forgiveness now because really I ain't got caught at it. Amen. But see, you're, you're waiting to get caught with the big things. God sees all those little things. God sees all that little stuff you, you've so goodly tucked back in your life. Nobody else sees it. Nobody knows. We really don't know each other. We come to church Sunday, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We really don't know each other. But if you go home, <laughs> there are some people I know everything about because the kids tell me. <laughs> if you don't want preacher to know about you, don't let your kid get around me because they'll tell you. We want God to do something, but God's saying you've got to clean yourself up first. You've got to get right. You've got to get this vessel cleaned up. Holiness is just becoming a byword in churches today. What does it mean to be holy? 
What does it mean to be separated? It's time we quit sleeping. Wake up. And what God has called us to do, living right, living righteousness, is necessary for us to be spiritually woken up to accomplish what God is wanting us to do. It ought to grieve your heart. It ought to grieve your heart when sin, reality of sin is present in our lives. If you're not grieved because there's some sin in your life, then something's wrong. It ought to grieve your heart. I've been told this all my life. You need to keep a short account of sin in your life. Being unconfessed and asking forgiveness, you need to keep a short account. Because you never know when you have to present yourself. I don't want to have to take time to get my life right when somebody needs me in their life. I'm talking about sin in the camp. God is desiring in our hearts in our life, for us to be righteous and holy before you can even show up. Before I can show the love of Christ to someone else in my life, then I must be righteous and I must be holy. He said it over and over, love one another, over and over, no, oh man, nothing, but love one another. Love worketh no ill. But in order to be there, to be in order to be that place, listen, make sure we cast out the works of darkness in our lives. Can you imagine what God can do with a church that we've cast the darkness away? Can you imagine what God can do in your life when you say, Lord, I want to have a clean slate. I want to wipe it out. I, I, I listened to a preacher the other day, and really, I, you know, I, I love the man. He's I talked to him several times, but he made a comment the other day, and it, it floored me. It really did. He said, if you're saved, you don't have to confess your sins. I said, what? If you're saved, you don't have to confess your sins. Buddy, you need to confess your sins. You, you need to confess your sins. Saved or not saved, you need to say. I, I, let me just say this. If you're not saved, you're not born again, the only one God's going to hear is, forgive me for I'm a sinner, and then you confess your sins. But if you're born again, you've made mistakes, you need to tell God. Because the Bible says no sin shall enter into heaven, and if you ain't confessed it, you still own it. I, I, tell, I had to tell him, brother, I just have to disagree with you. And I don't even how to say that where you, I can understand where you're at. No, I can't understand that. If you've got sin in your life, you need to get rid of it. We see the testimony of living right in verse number 12. He said, let us put on the armor of light. Look at all these things that are mentioned down through here. That's in our testimony for living right. The armor of life. We are walking honestly in as the day as as in the day. Do you know people walk differently in the night than they do in the day? 
And I'm talking about Christian people. They're, they're Christian people when they walk at nighttime, they're totally different than what they are at daytime. And he's saying, you, he's saying, hey, we ought to walk honestly as in the day. He's saying, hey, you need to walk honestly whether it's daytime or nighttime because everybody needs to see that you are the same. You haven't changed. If I say I'm a Christian in the daytime, I'm a Christian at nighttime. I do not change because there's darkness around me. Amen. Walk honestly as in, in the day. Men ought to love, the Bible Jesus said, men love the darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. That's when most crimes happens at a night and night time. That's when in most times you get caught in doing things you shouldn't be doing is at night time. But if you walk as a Christian as in the day as you would at night, there's no problem. You ought to examine yourself. Examine our lives. And not be ashamed of anything that you do, whether it's in daytime or nighttime, because it's the right thing to do. Amen. He said, not in riot and the drunkenness or in chamber and in wantonness, not in strife or envying. Our, our testimony is that we have gotten rid of all those things. We've gotten rid of all this stuff. Then he said, now get this. You can get rid of all that wantonness and that strife and that envy and that drunkenness and all that. You can get rid of that, but if you don't do this one particular thing, it doesn't mean anything. There are religions today that have gotten rid of drunkenness, envy, strife, wantonness. They've gotten rid of it, but what did he say in that last part? Put ye on Jesus you can get rid of all that sin in your life. You can get rid of all that ugly stuff in your life. But if you do not put on Jesus Christ, it is not meaning one thing. You must put on Christ. Got to put on Christ. The problem is most of them have gone through religion motions. They separated themselves They've done the good works. I've been in church. I've been baptized. My name's on the roll. I, I've helped that person. I've done this. I've done that. But I have not put on Christ. You must put on Christ. Gotten rid of all the works of the flesh. But have not put on Christ. The testimony is not just being religious and separated from the world, but the testimony is to put on Christ. I believe this is the world. The world is desiring to see some true Christians today. Desiring to see something that is different today. And the answer to it is put it on Christ. He said, make no provisions for the flesh. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Be not deceived. Evil communications, corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this 
to your shame. Paul gave them the same message and he's given us the same message today. It's time to start doing right. It is time to start living right. It's time to start living for God. It's spiritually waking up time to get the business because the end time is coming. The true end time is coming. The need for us to wake up because of the need of others that are around us. We need some real Christians in 2023. They, the world needs something that is real. And what is it going to take? It's going to take for us to quit sleeping on the job. And start doing the job God has given us to do. I must, Jesus said, I must works of him that sent me. While it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. You have to look into your heart, look into your life, and honestly ask this question. Honestly ask this question. Lord, am I truly spiritually awaken or I'm just sleeping on the job or am I just going through the motions of doing what you want to are you spiritually awakened tonight I, I, I think we, we need to get right with God I think we ought to say Lord I, I'm not where I should be and I'm not I'm not where I should be but I can get there I can put off all that fleshly stuff and put on Christ and I can achieve what God wants me to do. Wherever God wants me to be at, whatever God tells me to do, I can achieve it because He's directing my life.